I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank is here with Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and she's the author of 15 wonderful books, including Before the Alamo, which is terrific, and it's her latest. Uh, everyone, please get that book. Uh, she's the subject of a documentary. She is. Uh, she was the subject of a long uh, radio series uh, before turning to her, uh, her own hosting spot as uh, as, as radio show host and podcast host, you can hear her on 124 different outlets. Whichever one you are listening to now is just fine. And uh, like I said, she's the subject of a documentary and so many books. She has a memoir in the works, and uh, that'll be that'll be uh, amazing when we're all ready to to talk about that again. But in the meantime, Dr. Weinberg, how are you? I'm doing fine, thank you, Frank, and you are too, I trust. Yeah, everything's good here. We have a 45 degree day, which uh, doesn't sound <laughs> warm for doesn't sound warm for Texas, but it's uh, it's warm for New York and better than what we've been getting. So not bad at all. Yes, well, uh, I think we're going down on Thursday. Uh, our temperature right now, you won't believe it, but our our high today is supposed to be 83 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. Gosh. Oh. Can you imagine? But it's going to go. I mean, Texas is like a seesaw. Uh, if it comes, if the breeze comes from the south or from the Gulf, uh, it'll be warm and uh, humid and maybe sunny. It's sort of sunny today. Uh, but uh, then when the breeze comes from Canada, actually from the Arctic, um, uh, it, the temperature will plunge because there are no mountains. There's nothing in between. Uh, Texas and Canada that will stop those winds from blowing from up there. We call them blue nor northers, and and they blow in uh, the temperatures that are current up there in Ontario or uh, uh, Saskatchewan or someplace up there. And uh, so we're we're supposed to go down into the 30s by. Uh, by Thursday afternoon, and further down, I, I'm sure, by nightfall. Right. So those plants that didn't get frozen the, uh, a couple of weeks ago will be frozen this time. So, three while you have it. Yeah, we're enjoying it right now. <laughs> well, uh, what else have you been concentrating on? Uh, I, know, I know you read Krugman. And he's uh, he always has an interesting take on things, but I always find your take on his take to be even more interesting than the original. Yes, well, uh, yes, I robbed from these uh, these uh, editorials that uh, and editor editors and editorials that I agree with, uh, and I'm going to do it again. Yeah. And uh, first of all, I'm going to talk briefly about uh, Paul Krugman's. Um, uh, article that came out, or his editorial that came out three or four days ago, called Freedom, Just Another Word for Right-Wing uh, Destruction. Uh, and he was talking about the trucker strike uh, on the that closed the Ambassador Bridge between Detroit and Windsor, Ontario, and also downtown Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, in case people don't know that. And so uh, that's Strike that was supposed to be a protest, a freedom protest against mandatory uh, vaccinations for truckers. In fact, 
during that protest, there were only 8,000 people involved at the peak, and there were very few trucks, uh, commercial trucks involved. Uh, they were certainly not on the bridge, mostly pickups and private cars and two or three uh, trucks. And, of course, there was a lot of uh, talk about uh, freeing them from this terrible, terrible mandate to protect the public health by getting the vaccination. And, uh, in fact, what they were doing was destroying uh, the economy of Canada in particular and also of Detroit and consequently uh, of the car industry in the United States. Um, and they were, uh, of course, uh, uh, going against the common sense uh, effort to put put down this plague that we have been suffering from uh, by getting vaccinated against it. And uh, so uh, Kirkman was saying that instead of freedom, what they were working for was destruction. And, uh, and they did uh, achieve a lot of that. And uh, fortunately, the Prime Minister of Canada uh, used force to stop it. Uh, he arrested them and moved them away. Uh, and so uh, we don't hear anything about the trucker strike at this point. But that was not my real. Uh, oh, yes, I, I simply wanted to point out about that before I go on, uh, that they have uh, they talk about their law and order behavior, how wonderfully they uphold the law when actually they were breaking the law in all kinds of ways during that strike. Uh, so um, there's another thing going along um, that I do want to talk about mainly today. It was written, it was an editorial by Jamel Bowie, who is a black man and who is an editor for uh, the New York Times. So many of you may have read the editorial. And I'm going to base the rest of my talk today on that editorial. Uh, he writes that right-wing censors work to hijack the truth about America. Uh, and what he's talking about is, of course, America's history. The, uh, the right-wing wants to stifle open discussion and impose their views by force of law. In other words, by using the state legislatures across the uh, the nation where uh, the Republicans are in power in order to stifle uh, the presentation of the truth about America's history, which is called uh, – what what is it called, Frank? Um, uh, never mind. It will come to me in a minute. Uh, but it's their sort of calling the way to call out uh, any dis uh, discussion of facts that, that they consider inconvenient. Not cancel, cancel uh, culture? Pardon me? Not the cancel culture, right? No, uh, yes, it's it's a part of cancel culture, yeah. Uh, but it's their cancel culture, not <laughs> not the uh, the left wing to cancel. Uh, and there's no cancel culture at all to it because uh, the, the schools in this country, the teachers in this country on the whole, want people to know the facts. But 
so they, what, their rationale for uh, imposing bans on books, for instance, uh, is that they are protecting children from psychological distress. And they go on and on about how damaging it is for children to know the truth about what has happened in America's history. And I'm going to read to you a quotation by uh, a right-wing spokesman whose name is Tina Deskovich, who is a leader of Moms for Liberty, which is a very ironic title since she is trying to uh, prevent liberty of expression in this country. And she says, quote, to say there were slaves is one thing, but to talk in detail about how slaves were treated and with photos is another. In other words, you, you may mention the word slaves, but you can't explain to your students what that meant. Is this because race? Not to cut in, but is that... That's the word critical race theory. Yes, that's what I was fishing for and couldn't bring up. Thank you very much. Yeah, critical race theory, uh, which is simply telling the truth about what went on in this country uh, during the slave era, which was from the beginning, from its foundation, uh, and for which I think institutions like uh, the Electoral College were in part determined by the fact that you needed uh, you needed wealthy men to make final decisions about who would be president of the uh, of the nation because they were the ones who were in charge of the economy of this country and therefore uh, they ran this country and they ran it thanks to uh, to the slavery that was helping them with their plantations and uh, with their uh, creation of, uh, of fortunes in order to help run the country, and, and so on. And that, of course, is part of critical race theory. So, anyway, to go on with my story, um, there. Uh, so they are protecting the children from psychological distress, and. Uh, Oh, and they might even, you know, uh, have uh, uh, have spells of uh, suicidal thoughts and things if you let them know the truth. Uh, so they say um, uh, that given uh, they they should be giving the parents and the state legislatures the power to ban the books and ban lessons on the Civil War. The expansion of the United States in the 18th century, the 19th century, I'm sorry, uh, between the date of the Battle of the Alamo, which was 1836, and uh, the Civil War, which was in the 1860s, uh, we, the United States, attacked Mexico on a very trivial uh, pretext. There was some quibble. Uh, over transactions at the border, uh, southern border of Texas, uh, on the Rio Grande. And uh, President Polk took that opportunity to declare war on Mexico, to invade the country, uh, took uh, possession of it and of Mexico City, forced the government of Mexico to give up half of Mexico's land, of its territory. And in case 
California, Arizona, part of Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Can you imagine? All were part of Mexico. And we were taken over by force from the expansionist United States because Pope... Uh, Manifest destiny. Yes, claimed man that uh, it was our manifest manifold. I'm having trouble with that word. Yeah. Manifest destiny to get to the to have uh, the United States uh, expanded from coast to coast, from the Atlantic to the Pacific, and so we did, and we did it by force, and it was an imperialist. Uh, uh, war and imperialist behavior, and of course we're not supposed to tell the kids that. Uh, and they even don't want us to talk about the world wars. Wow. The first, second, because that might distress the kids. Uh, they certainly don't want us to, uh, to uh, talk about the Holocaust. They want us not to know that the Jews actually lost six million people during the Second World War to the Nazis. Why? Because we have a new movement of the right wing, which is called neo-Nazis, and they are denying the actuality of the Holocaust because they, they consider the Jews to be evil, and they are running the country, and they're running it into the ground because uh, the Jews don't happen to believe in the same uh, right-wing views that the uh, neo-Nazis and the white supremacists do, uh, and we can't uh, we can't go against them. There are good folks there, according to our former president Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Okay, so besides historical bans, there are other bans. There must be no mention of uh, L LGBTQ issues because the kids would be distressed over that. And some of them who have tendencies in that direction might know uh, the score about uh, sexual uh, identifications and things like that. We, can't, we have to keep them in blessed ignorance until they're quite grown and then it would come as a great surprise to them. Um, so uh, because of the theoretical distress that we, uh, a discussion of the issues of, uh, of gender, uh, we mustn't talk about that. So the Republican legislators uh, across the country, the legislatures, want to limit classroom discussion to memorization of approved facts. Approved facts. And they are going to designate what those are. Uh, there might be alternate facts, <laughs> and the, and the that's a contradiction in terms. Alternate facts, because facts are facts, and there is no alternative. But this term was invented early in the Trump administration because uh, they were purveying alternate facts, in other words, lies, and so they wanted us all to believe those naturally. So they were then they became facts as far as they were concerned. All right. So if uh, uh, they are going to, uh, and some of them already are, are forcing schools to post lists of material on websites for parents to inspect, because of course parents 
need to uh, determine what's being taught to their children. Now, I don't object to, ch to parents making their views plain in PTA meetings and so forth. I think that's quite legitimate. But to have parents calling the shots completely, uh, I think, is, uh, is uh, beyond the pale because parents don't really have the training the erudition or the vocation uh, to get up there before those students and lead them uh, and teach them and uh, train them to be good, upstanding citizens of this country. Now, the, the South Carolina uh, lawmakers introduced a bill, it hasn't been signed yet, I don't think, known as the Freedom from Ideological Coercion and Indoctrination Act that would prohibit any state-funded institution from stating that a group or, uh, and I hear I'm, I'm quoting the, the act, a group or an individual by virtue of his or her race, ethnicity, sex, sexual orientation, national origin, heritage, culture, religion, or political belief is inherently racist, sexist, bigoted, ignorant, biased, fragile, oppressive, or contributive to any oppression, whether consciously or unconsciously. So if that is act is signed into law, the bill could make it illegal, for instance, for teachers or college professors in the state, that's South Carolina, to criticize members of a white supremacist group, since that affiliation might count as a political belief. So, schools, yeah, and so they've also introduced um, punishment. Uh, schools that repeatedly distort or misrepresent verifiable historical facts or omit relevant and important context or advertise or promote ideologies of socio-political causes or organizations and all of that all that verbiage in there uh, is in the act uh, schools that do that could face a loss of state funding state accreditation or tax exempt status amazing absolutely amazing. yeah yeah so uh, we really uh, the most disturbing in the proposed laws is the actual surveillance yeah. of of the teachers, and in Iowa and Mississippi, it is proposed, it hasn't been signed yet, but it's on its way, that classroom cameras streaming lessons over the Internet uh, be, be introduced um, for, so that anyone, uh, of course, it's supposed to be the parents. Uh, the parents who are going to determine what's taught in the schools uh, so that any parent could observe and denounce the teacher. Uh, I think if it were streamed on the Internet, then anyone could observe and denounce the teacher. And the penalties would be um, if, if the teacher obstructs the camera, for instance, puts a scarf over the camera maybe, uh, there would be a, a fine of 5% of the weekly, the weekly pay, mm. which would be a mandatory punishment for, for a teacher in any way, in any way in violation of the new rules. Wow. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah. This is freedom. 
<laughs> They're fighting for freedom. Freedom of what? Yeah. And and by the way, so so many of these people. Um, and again, I'm I'm just speaking for I I I'm not grouping people together. I want to make sure I don't generalize. But I I have a lot of friends who are into this, and they are so harsh on their kids, yelling at their kids, and you know, uh, you know, I'm thinking of one in particular who's totally into this. You know, who's on on the right, you know, side of this, and and uh, when I say the right side, I mean not the correct side. I mean the you know the right wing side, and uh, and. And I, I was there with them with their kids and uh, saying, are you stupid? Are you? Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. I was cringing. I told my wife, I, let's let's avoid these people from now on. I just can't stand how he talks to his children. And the thing is that, uh, it, you know, it's he and his wife are the first people in the world to say that our kids are being damaged by what they're being taught about. Uh, on, uh, right. Yeah. You know, it's like the, the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. them hear the truth. Then, then get called idiot and stupid and and whatever from their parents, which is scarring. Yes, we exactly. all know by now. Right. You know, it's the kids, the kids who, who are actually learning something and and knowing the truth that their parents don't want them to know because it's against their own political bias. Uh, so anything that's against one's political bias, you want to suppress. And so this is what Moms for Liberty are all about: to suppress. Yeah, isn't that? Um, <laughs> and uh, freedom of speech, of course, <laughs> also. Wow. So, so the teachers would have have their pay docs, and they probably would be fired uh, at the end of the semester or end of the year for having violated some of the new rules. So actually, these bills, of which there are many, uh, as many state uh, legislators uh, are Republicans, Republican legislators and Republican governors, and this particularly applies to Governor DeSantis in Florida, by the way. Uh, they are, um, they are uh, opening the doors to harassment or worse. And already uh, PEN America uh, writes that already in states that have enacted such laws, teachers are silent. They don't dare mention slavery, civil war, the Reconstruction, Jim Crow, or anything of the sort because they are afraid for their, uh, for their livelihood. And one of them from Oklahoma says, and I'm quoting her, I am not going to let any of these laws deter me from the things that I think work best for students. But I also enjoy working with students and having a roof over my head. And so she's petrified of actually teaching what she normally would have been teaching before the Republican, uh, Republican governor and legislature took over in Oklahoma. So free speech, free discourse, and free debate, those are among the great traditions of this country. And they are under threat right now from a well-organized and well-funded movement of ideologues who've used both the force of the mob and their own institutional power and that is also the power of the state, as I have just pointed out, to impose their edicts on the public at large, and they call it freedom. 
They call it liberty. Amazing. So conservative censors and their allies see in the present moment an opportunity to reshape society to their liking, liking and squelch the views of those who disagree. It's up to the rest of us, those of us who believe in the First Amendment and free speech, to take a stand for American liberty while we still can. You know, Don, and, just to jump in for a second, the uh, the last time I think, I mean, first of all, McCarthyism, I thought, you know, like we were past McCarthyism, uh, you know, some 60 years ago or, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember it clearly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was before my time. I was born in 67, but uh, mm -hmm. a little closer to my yeah, time that's... was the was the Beatles when John Lennon uh, inadvertently compared the Beatles' popularity to, to Christ, Jesus Christ, which obviously was uh, ill-advised to do, but uh, the you know they were they were called out by the KKK no less and others and uh, and they were threatened their lives were threatened and it really stopped them from ever touring again but uh, which probably helped them create you know uh, better music when they stopped touring and just spent their time in the studio but you, you know you you think of things back then and and it was really the south and the uh, and the midwest you know that was uh, that was reacting to you know to those words but, you know, there were death threats and there were all kinds of things like that. And and look, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm not saying that, uh, you know, John Lennon shouldn't have watched his words better than uh, than what he said. But, you know, when I when I watch the historical newsreels on on this and the documentaries on this and you just see these four rock stars who made a comment about, uh, you know, an inadvertent comment that that offended um you know uh, the religious right, uh, and, right. And, the, and the burnings of their their records and and all of that and burning them in effigy and you know it looked like you know, I don't know what it looked like. it looked like Nazi Germany and and again I'm careful to compare anything to Nazi Germany but you know and you may think oh that's the same South that they were they were making uh, African Americans use different water fountains and using the same bathroom per sex. And, and keeping them away from uh, the white bathrooms so and and counters and 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 you you write it off as saying boy what a you know what a crazy time that was and it was you know look it was only 60 years ago or you know less than <laughs> 60 years ago but now what they're talking about doing now is uh, is just turning back the clock to before that right I mean that's it's, right you know like they're gonna punish teachers. And and this this woman, she she's afraid she's going to lose a job, and and she's going to abide by whatever she has to do to keep a job. How many, uh, if she's saying that and she's willing to say that, how many other people are going to be willing to do that? And how is this going to affect the the future generations? I mean, you talk about setting the time, turning the clock back. I, I mean, we're you know we're already falling behind in education on on many fronts. But uh, to to have this happen to our our kids is just disgraceful, you know. It's just that's right. Yeah. Yes, I mean, come on. Well, it's equivalent to putting blinders on a horse. Right. Uh, the horse does not see much of reality; only what's directly in front, uh, which is not. The, uh, horses' eyes are set in their heads so that they see to the side at the same time they're looking ahead. Uh, so to to cut 
off half of their vision uh, is very analogous to what the kids are going to be subject to if uh, uh, if if the Democrats lose the uh, midterm election, for instance, and uh, more of the Republicans take over, of course they would take over the Senate, and nothing nothing further uh, uh, would be done uh, on the Democratic side, and probably won't anyway because of the filibuster. But um, but the kids then uh, in in all the states that have Republican governors and legislatures. They would be have they would have blinders on their eyes. They would only see approved facts. They would not see the actual history of this country and what has gone on in this country. We should be no, uh, notified. We should know it. It's not going to hurt us to know. Uh, it would simply give us the uh, the ammunition not to do things like that again. To see to it that people, all people, actually have freedom actually have liberty. But all of this talk of freedom and liberty is so hypocritical because that's exactly the opposite of what's afoot all over the place. Uh, the uh, the truck, truckers, the supposed truck, truckers strike was actually simply a, an effort to disrupt the economy uh, and maybe uh, also to uh, because disruption to the economy would raise prices still more, uh, the inflation would go further, uh, and uh, our, the Democratic president would be blamed for it, which he is already. Uh, and so uh, the uh, Fox News was loving it, absolutely loving this trucker strike. Uh, law and order be damned when it is convenient for the right. Uh, they were they're perfectly willing to break the law as they did on January sixth, uh, two thousand twenty-one. Uh, so uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the the effort the effort to curtail education is uh, is already underway and already the law in some states. Uh, and in Texas, of course, the same thing's going on. Uh, so uh, I haven't heard uh, anything directly from any teachers in Texas because I know uh, they uh, the uh, president. Actually, I did hear from the president of the University of Texas in uh, in Austin, uh, who is denouncing uh, anything of the sort, uh, any kind of uh, uh, of censorship of uh, teaching in history and politics in this country and in, in this state. Uh, so he, at, at, at any rate, has gone on record against uh, this whole movement. But it is definitely the state legislature, uh, which it may be called into special session by Governor Abbott, um, uh, and may be enacting these very laws. Uh, to uh, make sure that the kids do not lear learn uh, the whole story about our our history, uh, what the Civil War was really fought about, what uh, happened during World War II, um, etc. Uh, well, uh, all I can say is I pray that uh, those of us who stand for actual freedom of speech and opinion uh, actual liberty uh, will win the day, and that uh, these forces 
the censor, censoring forces and book-burning people uh, will not uh, not rule the day uh, and uh, take command, take control of the uh, of the educational system in this country, which is bad enough as it is. <laughs> as you said just now, Frank. Hello? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to give another thought. As I just said, I thought you were going to repeat what I just said. I, You know what I'm thinking about is you were an educator, and uh, imagine, I don't know how many years ago you retired. Was it 30 years ago? That you no, 1999. It was only 22. 22 years ago. So go back uh, 22 years ago, and then you were teaching at the college level, so I don't know that it— Certainly doesn't apply to the college, right? I mean, they're not trying to do do this to 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 private institutions. But let, let's say you were you were teaching high school, what would be your reaction? What do you recommend to uh, to these folks to do? Uh, anyone that is is for, I mean, actually for free speech and liberty, you know, I, I would and without you know being hypocritical, like like these folks are. What would you do? What do you think your reaction would be to this? Well, I think I would uh, I would join all the uh, organizations <laughs> that stand against this and uh, stand for actual freedom of expression. Uh, I probably would be very guarded in what I taught, especially if there were a camera watching me yeah. uh, and broadcasting every word I said and every movement I made and everything I wrote on the blackboard um, because uh, I could easily lose my life, in fact, because these people, uh, the uh, right-wing uh, people who are harassing, for instance, uh, 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 voters, uh, the uh, the poll watchers and the, the uh, poll workers themselves, uh, who are harassing them and threatening their lives, uh, they could also threaten the life of the teacher easily uh, and uh, threaten their children and so forth. Uh, so I would be guarded in the classroom. I would teach uh, probably as close to the edge as I could uh, without actu without uh, uh, stirring up trouble. Uh, but uh, I would make trouble as a citizen of, uh, of my state and of my city by joining all the organizations and speaking. I could speak before the city council. I could speak before the state legislature, for that matter. Uh, and I could have a podcast, for instance, where I would speak out. Nice. <laughs> so that's what I would do. I would do more or less what I'm doing right now right. as far as this podcast is concerned. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I sometimes find that the last refuge of a scoundrel is to uh, is to quote the founding fathers sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah. The other right. But the founding fathers, I, I imagine the ones that truly – uh, got it and understood. I, I imagine they would be, they would be terrified by this, right? They would be, uh, you know, many of them would be, uh, uh, you know, like distraught that this is where we've gone. Um, I mean, true or false? I mean, I, you know, and our founding fathers aren't, certainly weren't perfect. Many slave owning, uh, you know, and and so forth. But uh, again, how do you think the founding fathers in general? Uh, you know the con uh, Continental uh, Congress and and uh, and all of the other uh, activities that uh, that spoke about liberty. How do you think they would would view this? Uh, I think they would be horrified. Although uh, 
the Southerners, even then, uh, the Southern slave owners, even then, were heavily influencing uh, what uh, what went into the Constitution. It's amazing that as much good got into it, uh, but uh, we don't have a, a, a real democracy. We uh, we have um, we have a republic which is run by representatives who are elected elected by the people. Uh, and yet, as we see right now, uh, the strength of the various parties can be manipulated uh, by gerrymandering, redistricting, so that uh, uh, no uh, party or the, uh, the party who's out of power or even one that's in power can uh, – uh, but one that's in power can distribute – the uh, the districts in such a way as uh, to see to it that the other party does uh, never has a majority. Uh, so the actual overall majority in the country could be heavily on, let's say, the Democratic side. But the way the states are redistricted by the Republican Party guarantees their uh, their perpetual dominance in the state and and. Uh, uh, state legislature and in Congress, the Congress of the United States and the Senate. Uh, and so the, uh, the Democratic Party, the majority of the citizens will not uh, carry the day. Their voices will not be heard. Uh, that's what I'm afraid of right now, because uh, so many states are dominated by uh, Republican governors and legislatures, and they are redistricting. And uh, I don't know whether they, uh, the effort to stop it, um, which is going on, but rather feebly, I think, uh, on the uh, federal level. Uh, if, if it's not stopped, if enough of it isn't stopped, then the uh, our uh, Congress, House of Representatives, will be dominated by Republicans. Uh, and uh, that could be very detrimental to to the rest of uh, of Joe Biden's pres- presidency. And if uh, we lose one senator to the other side, thanks to uh, uh, redistricting, um, then we're we're done for. Uh, we'll never regain uh, the dominance in uh, in Congress or in the courts and probably in the presidency as well. Amazing. Well, Manchin and Cinema are making sure that, uh, that Chuck Schumer is not uh, a true majority leader. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Yes, he is. Well, any, they are. Any final thoughts to, to folks that are just trying to absorb this? Because it does, it sounds bizarre. It sounds uh, archaic. And it is bizarre, and it is archaic. Unfortunately, it's the truth. It isn't, you know, mm-hmm. even some sci-fi movie, or it isn't some uh, some far-fetched movie. This is happening right now in real life, and uh, I just uh, I find it so disturbing. Yes, absolutely. Well, all right, Doc. I want to thank you very much for sharing, and uh, your your work on this is just absolutely terrific. And we thank Paul Krugman. For uh, for giving the food for thought, right uh, out there, right, and Jamel uh, Bowie too, uh, who uh, who wrote this brilliant uh, editorial for the New York Times. Uh, 
So I recommend that people read that editorial if you still haven't wrapped the fish in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do that with computers nowadays. Wrap a fish in a computer, but I think most <laughs> most of the New York Times is being read that way and everything else. But what what a changing time uh, we have, Doc, and for all the good that has been coming of it, people are still trying to turn back the clock to the yes. 40s. Oh yeah, there's. They're frightened, I think, of the rapid changes uh, that that have happened, especially since uh, the turn of the century. Yeah. It's just amazing what all is going on. I can't keep up. Uh, I had to uh, turn in my telephone, my uh, cell phone, because it was out of date. And uh, the new phone is so complicated, it's taking me a real struggle and effort to uh, to master what what all is on that phone and i think people are frightened of so much change in such a short time so they're trying as you say to turn back the clock for at least 60 years back maybe more yeah well thank you very much once again doc great work and to uh, everyone out there we thank you all for listening each and every week we, uh, we realize you have a lot of options, and you have a lot of options to hear us on, 124 different outlets and growing probably more by now. And uh, to, uh, to all of you, just keep listening on the outlet that you, you got us on now, and uh, we thank you for it. Frank McKay signing off. You've been listening to the author of 15 books, including her latest, Before the Alamo. It's wonderful. Please get it. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on The Florence Weinberg Show. <laughs>